Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey everybody, welcome into Game Quest. It's a VolQuest.com game day podcast. I'm Eric Kane, along with Grant Ramey, and it is football time in Tennessee. Whether you're listening to this on Friday evening and tonight or Saturday morning, welcome to Game Weekend. Welcome to Game Day. And Tennessee is set to take on Virginia at noon Eastern from Nissan Stadium in Nashville. And, of course, Volquets will have all that coverage for you. Grants, our lives revolve around football. It's a 12-game regular season. Uh, you get a little bowl game. You got recruiting. You got recruiting. You got recruiting, spring practice, fall camp, recruiting. Um, but it's a special time when we get to cover and watch football, as you know, for everybody. I mean, I think the the majority of everybody watching right now, it's the, it's the best time of the year. And, uh, it's starting to feel like fall a little bit out there, but uh, just happy that we're back to football season finally. Yeah, I mean, you start counting down probably since Miami for a lot of Tennessee fans. As, as, as much fun as 2022 was and 11 wins and all that, uh, more so than anything, you're just counting down and waiting for it to get back. And, and yes, recruiting, 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 secret scrimmages, closed doors, trying to figure out what's going on. Now you actually get to see a team on the football field, and if, it's, if there's a depth chart or not, we don't know. we got something that's got a lot of ores on it. But now you actually get to see – what first 11 guys go out there and, and the rotations look like and what this team actually looks like. Uh, it's going to be really fun. I can't wait. It's finally here. Yeah, that or guy's a player, isn't he? He is. He's all over the place. I mean, he's versatile uh, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. All three levels of the offense and defense, really. So, uh, shout out to shout out to Orr. I thought he was gone for a little bit Monday. I didn't know if we were going to get a depth chart, but <laughs> we got one. The guys at Alabama didn't get one. So, uh, enjoy it while, while you got it. 16 times there was an or listed on the Tennessee dead chart. Again, we talked about it this week. There's there's a method it's to that madness. Probably, I think not, it's, 
It's probably not even a record. There's probably been more ORs oh. under past administrations at Tennessee. So for sure. shout out to the ORs. I think it's funny there there's, you know, two guys listed at one position on a depth chart, then there's five at another. There's you know, there's a method to the madness. But uh let's get into it. Tennessee, Virginia. Um, kind of recycling some some content items we've been doing for the last nine months. But man, what are your expectations? I mean, what are you looking how are you expecting the day to go? And kind of what are some storylines that you're looking for in this one with Tennessee and Virginia? Uh, I think Tennessee needs to be crisp. Um, I think I wrote this in my game prediction. I don't think Tennessee – I think there needs to be basically no questions asked from the starting kickoff until the game's over. I mean, and I wrote this as well. No offense to Virginia, but if you look at ESPN's numbers, analytics, SP+, Plus, football power index, all that stuff that ESPN puts out, Virginia and Vanderbilt are basically the same team. Uh, I think Virginia's number 76 in both. I think Vanderbilt's number 71 in one of them and number 81 in the other one. So they're very kind of in the same neighborhood. And you kind of remember what Tennessee did at Vanderbilt the last time Tennessee was in Nashville in November and the way they ran all over Vanderbilt in 56 to nothing, probably one of the most complete dominant games they played all season. So this is a different team. This is a new season. But I think Tennessee needs to come out and look good from the start. I mean, obviously the storyline is going to be Joe Milton. What does he look like? Uh, getting this third chance as a starting quarterback uh, in college football. I don't – what you don't want to see is 2021 Joe Milton against Bowling Green where, you know, he, he ran the offense and there was some struggles and he really didn't throw that anything, you know, any huge plays until that late touchdown to Cedric Tillman in that game. So come out, be crisp, uh, execute. I think the offense – you know, it's not Hinton Hooker's offense. It's not going to look like that. It's not going to be as good as Hinton Hooker's offense was because it's just going to be really hard to replicate that. But Joe Milton's offense can be just as good and just, you know, good enough. And this defense needs to take a step forward. We've talked about the depth on this defense. Tim Banks has talked about it a ton. Experience being a year older. They quietly got better in 2022. They need to take that next step forward. And if the defense takes a step forward, then the offense doesn't have to be that 46.1 points per game. So uh, I'm looking for something, Chris, from the start to the finish on both sides of the ball and look like a team that, you know, you should beat Virginia. You're a four-touchdown favorite for a reason. Beat Virginia, play well, start to finish. Yeah, um, you know, a, a lot of things that you know we've been saying throughout the week. I, I think it's important to remember, too, this is game one. This right. is far from a finished product. Um, you know, Virginia, new personnel all over the place, especially on offense. They're literally trying to figure out who they are and kind of what the strengths are. Um, Tennessee knows who it is. Tennessee knows the scheme. Tennessee knows its personnel. Of course, there's some new guys up there, but they will, as the season goes along, try to you know tailor the offense to, to Joe Milton's strength. But um, it is not going to be perfect today. Now, having said that, you don't want procedural penalties. You don't want pre-snap penalties. You don't want um, a lot of sloppy play, if you will. I mean, that that that's what August is for. That's what those scrimmages are for. And you know, Josh Hopple made mention of that. I think it was after the second scrimmage when the offense won the day. But he was like, man, it was sloppy, situational stuff we didn't handle very well. Like, hopefully you got the bulk of those struggles out of the way in fall camp. Because that's what fall camp's for. But you don't, I don't think this is going to be a picture-perfect football game. And again, I, you know, you get better as the year goes on. Having said that, I agree with you. I think, you know, Virginia's just not a very good football team. I think Tennessee is favored by four touchdowns for a reason. Um, I, I'm expecting Tennessee to go out there and win by multiple touchdowns that now that that line twenty seven and a half, man, that is a that, that is a large line, but Tennessee's that much better than Virginia, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, I'm expecting Tennessee to win, you know, big in that manner. I'm expecting Tennessee to run the football efficiently, uh, you know, play action down the field. I think Joe Milton will shine a little bit. 
It's going to be a new secondary. Virginia's trying to replace two all-conference cornerbacks. So I think Tennessee can take advantage of that. But more than anything, and you kind of made mention of this, I, I think the defense has an opportunity to truly kind of take center stage here. Um, defense had a good camp. I think this defense is going to take another step this year. You're deeper. You're probably a little bit more talented, though you still have a lot of the same guys in the back end. I recognize that, but you have more guys that you can play. I think this is against an offense that's not very good, a chance to come out, take center stage, make some plays, and kind of set that tone for what we hope is going to be a nice defense that will complement the offense all year long. Yeah, set the tone I think is a good emphasis uh, on your on your it being game one note. I think Austin said it in a recent podcast, or I can't remember where he said it or if we were just discussing, like he didn't think that the team that went to Pittsburgh and had to win in overtime and didn't play very well early in that game, he didn't see that team beating Alabama. He didn't see yeah. that team uh, going to LSU and playing the way it did down there. Uh, so, yes, it is game one. I think what you want out of this game one is a good starting place. I don't want to – I don't – if you're a Tennessee fan, you don't want to leave Nashville with more questions about this team than you had going into it. Uh, and this Virginia – speaking of the, the numbers that were, I was talking about earlier, I think Virginia's offense was ranked 120th or something uh, in the ESPN numbers out of 132. So that's a really bad unit based on their analytics. And, you know, returning talent, it factors all that stuff in experience and – what they added to it and all that stuff. So if this defense is going to take a step, this is a really good place to take that step to kind of set that tone like you were talking about because they have to be better and they have a really good chance to show it against the Virginia offense that's not supposed to be very good. I think I, you know, I know the answer to this question because, again, we've recycled this. We've talked about this. I'm just ready. You know, Later today, tomorrow, next week, we're actually going to be able to like talk about what happened. Yes. <laughs> that's the best thing about it. We can analyze we can give our not so popular opinion sometimes, you know, whatever the case is. Um, I'm just so tired about saying, look for this, look for this, look for this. But having said that, obviously, I, along with pretty much everybody watching the show and listening to the show right now, um, Game Quest, it's back. Two years ago, we called it Game Quest, bringing it back this year. Um, left guard, man, I, Andre Carey's going to get the start. Ollie Lane's going to play at center. How many guys and how quickly do we see another body? at left guard. J.J. Crawford's going to start a right tackle, I would assume. Um, how quickly could we see maybe um, you know, uh, Mincy go in there? And, and Dane Davis is a guy that I think will play at, at some point in this football game. Offensive line, a big question. Then, of course, the secondary. Um, Wesley Walker, Jalen McCullough, your safeties. All right, You've got Danico Slaughter, and we'll see how much Kamal Haddon plays. He got banged up pretty, pr pretty extensively at practice a couple weeks ago. I think he'll be available. How much will he play? You know, will they only play him if they absolutely need him? That will create a lot of playing time for Gabe Judy Lawley, I would anticipate. Then, of course, T-Mac at the star. But how quickly can we see an Andre Tarantine at safety? How quickly can we see maybe a Warren Burrell somewhere else? J just the uh, – I know that's not a name people want to hear, but how quickly can we see other guys play in the secondary? Obviously, that's what I'm going to be looking for as well. On I'm kind of on two different sides of the fence on those two topics offensive line I almost give them and Josh Heupel's offense the benefit of the doubt to be like I'm not going to be too overly concerned until I see on the field on game day a reason to be overly concerned I mean if Joe's running for his life and Joe doesn't have a second to do anything and, and Virginia's pass rushes Virginia's not going to have their best pass rusher uh, Chico Bennett Jr. so that that's going to hurt them but just based on what we've seen the first two years under Josh Hopple, obviously you lost Darnell Wright, a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. You're, you're, you're right tackle. But, he, you know, in 2021, he wasn't really a top 10 pick Darnell Wright. You had no yeah. idea what to expect going into that season. 
So I almost give them the benefit of the doubt there, even with the Cooper Mays injury and the questions of who's going to play where and what the rotations are going to look like. On the other side of the ball, in that defensive backfield that you're talking about, yeah, they have more options, and they have these guys that are a year older, a year more experienced. I'm, I'm interested to see Danico Slaughter as a full-time corner uh, and a guy that's kind of dedicated there because I think he's the most talented guy they have in that group. But for them, I kind of have to see it to believe it. I'm, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt because we haven't seen them. There has been no reason to give them uh, the benefit of the doubt. So on the offensive line, I'm not too concerned until they give me a reason to be concerned. And with the secondary, I'll be encouraged kind of when I see reason to be encouraged, I guess. Is it, and I get all that, but is it fair to say, at least the way I look at it, I hate, hate rotating offensive linemen. Like week one, whatever, like do what you got to do. But I mean, by God, when you go down to the swamp, you better have your five ready to roll. And I understand Cooper Mays is a big question mark in there, but God, I hate rotating offensive line. Brings me back shades of, you know, Georgia State and Pruitt doing that all game long <laughs> into the fourth quarter and you lose that football game. I mean, that's just not football, you know? Uh, was it Dave Clawson that was uh, flipping offensive linemen, tackles, guards? What was it? Was that back in the day? Do you remember that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he did it as well. Based on basically based on play calls, they they would flip in the strong side and the weak side, basically an offensive line, whatever. So I, I don't know. That was crazy. But anyway, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it goes against football logic, I guess, yeah. to not have that five and that continuity that you want on the offensive line. Um, but if the, if you can make it work rotating, and they've rotated in the past, they rotated last season. They're pretty good on the offensive line. If you can make it work, uh, roll with it. But I mean, that gets back to that benefit of the doubt. I think they've. This offense has performed so well, and the offensive line has really not been a huge concern for the first two seasons that I have no reason to believe that it's just going to fall apart now. Yeah, and they rotated at left tackle all last year, led the nation in, in scoring and total yards, and they have rotated offensive linemen a little bit uh, back at UCF. So they have this coaching staff has forgotten more football than I will ever know, that is for sure. Um, and, and a lot of this has to do with uh, you just don't have an answer there right now. So you got to go play it out and see what happens. So obviously intrigued to look at the offensive line battles as well. Uh, game quest here ahead of Tennessee and Virginia. I'm Eric Kane. That's Grant Ramey with the nice ball quest setup behind him. I mean, they're paying you the big bucks. RIP to the beige wall behind me. It's it's now <laughs> something different. So I need some ads on here. I need some NIL deals. Get something on here like, uh, I don't know, Food City. Get, get some of that Food City money. Yeah, they, they got some money, don't they? Well, they had some money. <laughs> yeah, they had some money, better said. Uh, we're going to come up. We're going we're gonna to give you the Virginia scout, tell you about the personnel. We're going to hear some uh, of the best uh, audio clips from Tennessee players talking about Virginia. And then, of course, we'll, we'll end with a little bit of an injury report that's coming up next right here um, as GameQuest continues ahead of Tennessee and Virginia uh, to begin this season right here at VolQuest.com. All right, guys, I want to get into something we're super excited about right now, and it's, it's about price picks. If you haven't heard about price picks, listen up, because I think this is something that you could engage in throughout all the football season and have a blast doing it as well. Um, when you go to pricepicks.com, all first-time users that deposit and put in that promo code VQ is going to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. If you deposit $100, Price Picks is going to give you up to $100. $50, they'll give you up to $50, and so on and so forth. Again, up to $100. But you got to put in that promo code VQ if you're a first time uh, user, first time deposit. How does it work? All right. You're going to pick two to six players, and if they go more or less than the Price Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money 
on any entry. So here's an example, and I'll show you here in just a second. But example, say, hey, Josh Allen, you know, a Buffalo Bills quarterback to throw more than 245 and a half yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts to have more than 50 and a half rushing yards. Cooper Cup to have less than 0.5 of a touchdown, so no touchdowns. And Travis Kelsey to have more than five and a half receptions. Those are kind of my my prize pool picks. We do the over and the under, and if you hit, you can get back tw 25 times your money on any entry. So let me show you kind of what this looks like right here, all right? So you go to pricepicks.com. Here's kind of the, the main thing. You look up here to this tab at the top. You've got Major League Baseball, College Football, WNBA, NFL. You can do the NFL season, some futures, tennis. I mean, you got pretty much any sports you can possibly want. they got more over here as well. But Grant, I thought we'd start doing a little NFL chatter before we get back into our, our GameQuest podcast. September the 10th, opening day, week one for the NFL slate. We got a little Derrick Henry out here, Tennessee Titans, okay? They're going to play the the Saints. We could pick Derrick Henry as one of our players, and do we believe he's going to have over or under 90 and a half rushing yards against the New Orleans Saints? I, I'm feeling over because... Well, you know, Brian Danhill's not very good, and they'll have to rely a lot on Derrick Henry. What, what do you like about that? Over, uh, as as they famously say, life's too short to roll with the under, so over for sure. But let's look at a rookie running back two spots over here, B. John Robinson. Again, rookie. Granted, really good rookie out of Texas last year. This will be his NFL regular season debut. They're going against the Carolina Panthers. There's some opportunities there. But with a rookie, I don't know. It's kind of hard to project. I'm willing to go a little under the 71.5 right here. What say you? I'm going under to go against what I just said. And uh, I got beef with the Falcons because I drafted the Algar kid or whatever in a rookie fantasy league last year, and they've already drafted over him. So I got problems with Atlanta. I need Bijan not to be the guy. There we go. All right, so we need two to six players. So really, you know, we're good right here. But let's do one more for good measure here as I fill up my square. We're doing NFL over here at Price Picks. So far, we've got the over 90 and a half rushing yards for Derrick Henry. We've got the under for B. John Robinson at 71 and a half. Let's go with a guy that is supposed to, supposedly going to break out in a monster, monster way uh, this year. I say break out. He had a really good year last year. But a guy that's back in the news, and that is Saquon Barkley. We're staying here with the running backs, obviously. You got Barkley 73 and a half rushing yards against Dallas in the season opener. A uh, big time divisional game, rivalry game. Do you like him to go over or under the seventy-three and a half? I like over for Saquon. Uh, he's a running back. He's motivated. He's trying to get his guys paid. So uh, give me the over. So we're doing NFL here, but hey, let's just go over here. You, Grant, Ramey, you're into that soccer, aren't you? I am into English Premier League soccer. Uh, outside of that, I'm an idiot in a lot of ways. But outside of that, I'm especially an idiot. Okay, so we're putting out this podcast coming out on Friday, but late, 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 late tonight on a Friday, you got this cat right here. I'm sure that's Grant Ramey's favorite player. Uh, he's the goalkeeper, so Sage, you can even say, is he going to save you know, the, the things at three, the, the, the lines at three right there? Is he going to have more than three saves or less than three saves? Grant, since you are such a fan of this Antonio cat, is this going to be more <laughs> or less? I've been riding with Antonio for years. <laughs> Give me the over three saves. My point is, and you see our square here, we got Derrick Henry, B. John Robinson, Saquon Barkley, and Antonio Rodriguez. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you see what's going on. But you can do literally anything. You can mix and match. You can go NFL season futures, all that college football as well. And if you wait till closer to kickoff for your team, 
uh, lines and projections for your players will be available as well. So again, two to six players right here and uh, you know, fill out your square and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry on any entry. Uh, all price picks, you are, aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Price picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well. So, again, first time users, go to pricepicks.com, enter the promo code VQ, and you're going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100, Price Picks is going to gift you 100. You put in 50, Price Picks is going to gift you 50. Again, that is pricepicks.com/vq promo code vq at pricepicks.com. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back into Game Quest. Eric Kane, Grant Ramey, VolQuest.com, and Grant's um, kickoff is finally here. Tennessee, Virginia, noon Eastern. It's going to be on ABC, uh, but all week long and up until Sunday night. Again, limited time offer only. We got a kickoff sale at VolQuest.com $1 for one month or 50% off the annual yearly subscription. New subscribers only. Um, there's no better time if you're watching or listening to this, you know, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, or whatever. No better time right now to join the VolQuest family because we are the standard in Tennessee athletics. Help feed my kids. That's my pitch. Help feed my kids. I was putting my son to bed last night. He's like, I'm so hungry. I was like, well, we got to get more subscribers, kids. So everybody subscribe. Oh, that's an ugly look on you right there, Grant Ramey, but I'll take it. All right, Tennessee and Virginia. Um, you know, in twenty twenty two, Grant, this this offense for Virginia was just not good. Seventeen point six points per game. That was last in the ACC. Three hundred forty four yards of total offense. That was tenth in the ACC. Thirty two percent on third downs. Um, just not a very good offense. Of course, they 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 canceled the last two games of the regular season because of the tragedy up there last November. This will be the first time. Uh, they played since, so that's great. And there's going to be a moment of silence, and Tennessee's going to wear some decals of the fallen players on their helmets. So uh, that'll be that'll be neat today. But uh, the, the guy, quarterback Brennan Armstrong, he he transferred out, and he wasn't that great, but he was dual threat, led the team in rushing, and in comes in Tony Musket from FCS Monmouth. What do you think about Tony Musket? First of all, awesome name. Am I right? Tony Muscat, that name sounds like the guy in the sixth year of your dynasty on uh, NCAA 14 when you've led Hawaii to, you know, 10 straight MAC titles. and It's always Hawaii too, right? Right, yeah, and it's it's Tony – here comes Tony Muscat, the dual threat guy, the, the video game version of Tony Muscat. The thing about the Virginia offense, he, he was a three-year starter, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah. The, the last guy was. And here comes mm-hmm. Tony, Tony Muscat, a guy who's playing FCS football the last three years and um, – yeah, there, there's a ton of questions to to ask about this Virginia offense. It's it's almost like you you don't really, you don't have a ton of film, obviously, to watch. You're watching Tony Musket against before when, he, when he's at Monmouth, and you know whatever. You don't have a ton. You're going back to the spring game. I think Heupel's talked about that. Tim Banks has talked about that. You're trying to figure out what you're actually going to see. 
but based on the numbers, based on the projections, like we talked about earlier, not a great offense, not supposed to be a great offense. Tony, Tony Elliott obviously was the offensive coordinator at Clemson. I'm sure he'll get it going eventually, uh, but he's in the pretty early stages there of, of trying to get that going. So it feels like a really good opportunity for Tennessee's defense to kind of, you know, make a statement, kind of set the tone here as a, as a group that's getting better. 1,997 passing yards a season ago for Tony Muskets, 17 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, he is not a mobile guy. He is not like Brennan Armstrong, but uh, t- Tennessee linebackers coach Brian Jean-Marie earlier this week, a lot of similarities between the two when watching film, and, and this is what Brian Jean-Marie had to say about Virginia quarterback Tony Musket. Yeah, um, I, I think the, um, it's it's always a challenge because they're so – you know, different than what we face on offense, you know, in a day-to-day period. Um, and obviously they have the new pieces, a new quarterback. Um, I thought the young man they had last year was dynamic as a thrower and a runner. The musket kid that they named a starter that transferred from Monmouth. Uh, when you watch his, his film, he has a lot of the same qualities. He's uh, very, very athletic. Throws a really, really nice uh, deep ball and seems to have that savvy and that poise of a, you know, a really good quarterback. So we know we have our our challenges uh, there. And then their slot receiver, the Washington kid that transferred from from Northwestern, uh, you know, he shows uh, some explosiveness, you know, good ball skills. So we've had a chance to watch those guys on tape and they're, they're, they're going to be a challenge, you know, obviously to defend. So it's the Tony Musket show for Virginia this year, quarterback, and we'll see how he makes that transition, at least for game number one uh, coming up uh, in, in this one. At the run game, you know, you bring back a lot, Grant, you know, Paris Jones, Mike Hollis, Xavier Brown. Uh, you add Kobe Pace from Clemson. Uh, wasn't a very good running unit last year. Again, it was 123 yards per game, I believe, as a unit. This offense averaged 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, looks like Paris Jones and, and Kobe Pace, the, the Clemson transfer, going to be kind of the leaders in that group. Uh, but I think that uh, Virginia is going to try to run the football and help out, obviously help out its new quarterback in Tony Musket. Yeah, and I think the problem when you're facing this Tennessee offense is you know they're going to put up points. It's going to be a matter of how much they score and not if they score. Um, I think you've seen it a lot last year where, where other offenses were a little more aggressive trying to keep up, I guess, with the Tennessee offense when Tennessee's defense was on the field. So, one thing is, you know, I don't I don't really know what this Virginia running game, how productive it's going to be all season, but especially against Tennessee, it's going to be a situation where Tennessee's pretty good against the defense uh, against the run last year. Tennessee's defense was, yeah. and you would expect them to be pretty good against the run again this year with with the linebackers they have and uh, some of the options on the defensive line, uh, and and you're almost trying to play catch up from the start because you know Tennessee's going to score. So I think other offenses are going to hurt Tennessee more in the passing game, like we saw in the numbers last year. So it's not only I got questions about the Virginia run game, it's Virginia's offense is going to have to try to keep pace with Tennessee's offense. And that usually means being a little bit more aggressive and passing the football and, and going downfield and, and trying to, you know, quick strike stuff. So uh, I don't know what Virginia's run game is going to do, but I think Tennessee should continue to take steps in the right direction there. Yeah, it's a really good point. Of course, you know, playing from behind, trying to stay aggressive, a lot more throwing. Uh, not as much running, um, so that, that's a good point to pay attention to. I don't think the run game will be as big of a of an impact in this one for Virginia. In order to throw the football, though, you got to have guys to throw it to. Uh, not a very good um, you know passing team a season ago, uh, but the top four receivers are gone. Uh, they did add Northwestern transfer Malik Washington, who's a really really good player. Sixty five receptions, 
694 yards in Big Ten play last year at Northwestern. Um, I think he's going to be the go-to guy for Tony Musket out of the slot this year. Yeah, he would have to be. And, and for Tennessee fans, I think you you didn't really want to lose Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt uh, last year, but but trying to put yourself in Virginia's shoes and losing your top four guys and losing your quarterback and, and trying to figure out what your pass game is going to look like after that, uh, losing that kind of talent. Uh, yeah, that's a big addition out of the transfer portal. I'm sure that's going to be the guy that they're going to target a ton. Uh, and I'm interested to see what Tennessee's pass defense looks like. We've talked about it all August. They've got more options in the back, uh, defensive backfield. What's that secondary look like? Who's the best four, the best five, the best six? What's the most consistent, I guess, uh, rotation looks like? What's you know Who's back there the most and, and what positions are they in? Uh, and how much can they shut down uh, this Virginia offense? Yep, and um, when you look at uh, the offensive line, it lost four guys with starting experience a season ago. Virginia has attacked the transfer portal for two positions really well, cornerback and offensive line. Got transfer starting a tackle at right guard. Uh, but again, this is a group, a lot of turnover. Again, lost four guys with starting experience, new offensive line coach. It allowed 3.4 sacks per game a season ago, averaged only 3.7 yards per carry. And so it's it's going to be a very much like Tennessee's offensive line uh, coming up uh, in, in this one. Very much a work in progress. Tennessee defensive lineman Amari Thomas spoke earlier this week about kind of what he's seen from Virginia in their spring game, what they showed on tape last year, how they uh, will try to confuse you. But ultimately for Tennessee's defense, got to play inside and out and play your responsibilities. Here's Amari Thomas. Um, they're a really good team who just – they really want you to just – try to um, read step with them. They want you to, as far as defense line-wise, they give you a lot of eye candy, a lot of things that they want you to bite so that way they can do a lot of misdirection things. So that's a lot that we've been practicing, just working on, make sure we play vertical so that way we're not stepping and reading and things like that. So that way we're getting watched as a defensive line. So it's just, it's, it's been good just really going in, watching the film from last year and different things like that. And just really being able to just um, focus on what they do well, which is like really just trying to get you, like I said, just a lot of eye candy, misdirection, things like that. So that's some things that we've really just been focusing on. Tennessee defensive lineman Amari Thomas. Grant, do you have one of those iPad, uh, the iPhone pad chargers? I do not. I don't trust those things. It seems like they never work. Well, exactly. You put your phone down on it. I was talking about this on my podcast the other day. So if I have if I have listeners on this and that, they're getting so sick of me. You put your phone down on it, and it doesn't do anything. And so like you 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 put it more towards the top, then more towards the bottom, then you kind of turn it. It's like trying to crack a code. There's too much. Uh, there's too much guesswork there. Just plug it in and be done with it. Yeah, the the day much. that Apple takes away the plug-in charger, I might be out. I might be out. <laughs> might be out. That might be it. Might they go green. The, I'll, I'll they, never go green. They took uh, away the headphone jack. I learned how to work with Bluetooth. I'm, I'm fine with AirPods. Don't take away my uh, charger. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so very, very much in question, the Virginia offense. All right. Uh, there's questions there, and, and Tennessee can hopefully exploit that defensively in this season opener. Grant, defensively, it's a pretty good unit. Pretty sound unit. Middle of the road last year. Uh, 371 yards of total defense given up. That was seventh in the ACC. 24 points per game. That was seventh in the ACC. Uh, pretty yeah, pretty decent against the run. Not great, but pretty decent. Um, front seven returns pretty much everybody, excluding its leading tackler from a season ago, and Nick Johnson, who was a really good player, had 104 stops. Uh, we mentioned, uh, we'll get to a, a, an official injury report here in a couple of moments, but 
Uh, that front seven is aggressive, but Grant's Chico Bennett likely not going to play seven sacks a season ago. He's their best player up front, and um, he would have provided a lot of challenges for this Tennessee offensive line trying to figure some things out, but he's probably not going to play. No, he's out. Tony Elliott was talking about that earlier this week, and he said basically he just took a knee after practice, um, and he couldn't straighten his leg out after yeah, he that's weird. took the knee. And it was something about bone fragment, and they had to have a little procedure to go in there and clear it out. He's back to walking, and he was trying to push for this week, but but they, they've basically ruled him out already. So, obviously, yeah, that's a big blow. And it's almost like Tennessee's defense, you're expecting them to take a step forward, and they, they get to face a pretty kind of you know pedestrian, at least su- supposed to be pedestrian Virginia offense. Tennessee's offense, obviously, you're trying to continue what you've done the last two years, and you get a pretty decent little test here in Virginia in week one. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see Joe Milton against this defense and just kind of how crisp Tennessee can operate and how efficient they can be. And, you know, you don't really want to see a ton of three and outs like you saw in the Orange Bowl, but at the same time, they're still pretty productive despite those three and outs. So if there is some adversity, if there is some stops that uh, Virginia is able to make early in the game, can Tennessee rebound and find ways to to score and score in bunches because you're going to have to put up points, obviously, in this offense as fast as it goes. You're going to be expected to score a lot. Uh, How efficient can they look? I think it's a good test for week one. New quarterback, a ton of questions to answer. Uh, it's a good test to do so. Cam Butler also on the edge. He had four sacks a season ago. Ben Smiley is a guy that's going to see a lot of playing time now with Chico Bennett out. The interior of the defensive line, uh, Jameer Greer had had a couple sacks last year, but Aaron Fumawi, I believe is how you say his name, probably not, but I'm not going to try to say it again. We'll let the PA announcer today. Hopefully he won't say it too, too much, but we'll let him take that. He's a real good player. Eight and a half TFLs last year, four sacks from the interior. And Tennessee running backs coach Jerry Mack kind of spoke on how the defensive front is really good. They play hard. They play sound football, how they're kind of the strength of this Virginia defense and, and the challenges that his backs are going to be presented with and pass pro coming up here today. Uh, really impressed with how hard those guys play. One thing about University of Virginia, which you can tell is they were in a lot of games last year. You know, you see the record and people just assume that they were not a very good football team, but there were spots and there were times where they showed flashes, especially in their front uh, defensively. A lot of movement up front, a lot of stemming. Uh, they got really good defensive ends that do a good job pressing the pocket. So that's going to be really important for us to make sure that before we get out, we make sure there's no extra trash uh, hanging around the quarterback's field, or hanging around the quarterback back for his vision uh, we're going to do a great job of blunting things up as we use the term before we get out and, and actually in our pass route uh, at the second level at the linebacker position man those guys move around they fly around we're going to see some different bodies probably than we saw on film in some certain spots but I think the athletic ability is still there again no Nick Jordan at linebacker uh, leading tackler from a season ago over the century mark and stops at 104 but you bring back uh, Jones Jackson, who was third on the team in tackles. Josh Aaron, who was 26, uh, 32 stops, I believe. Uh, you bring back experience at linebacker. And then, Grant, you look at the secondary. Um, you bring back two starting safeties, and you bring in a transfer from Iowa State uh, to kind of add some depth there. Um, and uh, but, but at cornerback, that, that's the task here. At cornerback, you have um, Antonio ja- Johnson, who had two interceptions. Fentrell Cypress, the second who was a multi-year starter. Both those guys are gone. You went to the transfer portal of Malcolm Green and SMU for Sam Westful and and trying to rely a lot on the transfer portal to kind of plug and play at the cornerback position. So a lot of questions in the defensive secondary, way more so than the front seven for Virginia. 
Yeah, and, and with that front seven, I mean, how many questions have we asked about the I – mean, how much have we talked about the offensive line, Tennessee's offensive line during the month of August and what yeah. this group's going to look like and how it's going to be retooled and, um, you know, where do they pick up to start this 2023 season with a bunch of new faces and a lot of new spots. So uh, for them to get a front seven that returns a lot of guys, even though Virginia, you know, wasn't a great football team last year, it's a good test for them early, and it's good for you know Tennessee fans and everybody else to be able to see what those five guys, whoever those five guys, or whatever the number is of offensive linemen in that rotation, what they look like. Uh, and then secondary-wise, yeah, I mean, we've had a ton of questions about Joe Milton basically since the Orange Bowl ended, and what's this guy going to look like when he gets his third opportunity? So for him to come out, and, uh, you want to see him play well. And, and, and like I said earlier, you don't want to have more questions about Joe leaving this game than you had going into this game. So if he can play well, I think it would be a good place to kind of start off. Injury report. We'll kind of conclude things off by, you know, going over some guys who could be banged up a little bit. Uh, we're not doctors. We're not coaches. Uh, you know, <laughs> you always go into every single game and there's one guy that's in street clothes. You're like, he's hurt. What happened? You know, I mean, that's just kind of how it is until hey, what do you think? We talked about this on the ball quest podcast earlier this week, big 10 kind of going, uh, kind of exploring, putting out an injury report. I believe it's what, three or four hours before kickoff. Um, I would love that to be what, what happens here in the SEC because, of course, that's what you do in the NFL. But with all the sports gambling and, and that's so popular right now, I feel like that's going to happen sooner rather than later. If it's, you know, Big Ten and then it'll go to, to everybody else. I have long thought the as, as, as serious as the SEC takes football and it's almost like an NFL minor league at this point with, yeah. with the number of talent that goes to the league and – you, you got to have an injury report. But but the problem, three to four hours before kickoff, when I think injury report, I'm thinking more gambling's a big business and people need to know who's in and who's out. I think you need no. it earlier in the week almost, late late in the week, uh, something. I don't know. But you, you put out an injury report and then people just start kind of finding loopholes in the injury report. And, you know, Bill Belichick was Tom Brady questionable with a shoulder issue for 10 straight years. So you're going to have stuff like that. But, yes, I do think it's way overdue that we get some kind of injury report and I would hope that it would be – more than uh, four hours before kickoff. Hey, Brady got out there on the grass and ran around a little bit, so he's getting closer. You think Belichick said, I'm going to have to see you later in the week. And, and no, knowing full well, uh, the media in the room knew, we're not going to talk to you later in the week, so we're gonna, not going to know <laughs> what the answer to that question is. I think Brent wrote this in the 10 things I think, I think, you know, either last week or earlier this week or whatever. Like, Josh Hopple's a good dude. He's he's gracious with his time. He's, um, he's a nice guy. I mean, he really is. But, like, he's a coach, and, like, he's got a couple of things to where – you know th- that Thursday press conference, you, you don't you don't learn a nope. thing. Uh, he's got a couple of sayings. Get out there on the grass. We'll have to see later in the week. I mean, it's just it, it's like clockwork every year, every single week. Here's the thing with Josh: no college coach wants to say anything. College yeah. football coach, they're paranoid beyond belief. At least Josh is good natured about it. He's going to give you a little filibuster, and he's going to say, "I didn't say much right there, did I?" And he's going to kind of laugh about it. At least he's good natured about it because there's a lot of guys who are absolute turds about it, uh, and they're not going to treat it well. Or they're not going to handle it well. At least he's able to smile about it, laugh it off, and kind of it is what it is. Because again, every football coach is reinventing the wheel, right? I mean, they're they're right. you know, it, nothing's yeah. ever been done before. I say all that. Josh Hobbs is one of the best offensive minds in the country. Love his wrinkles he puts in the offense. I think he's really good. But again. Not allowed to film speed option in practice. Uh, yeah. Speed option's been around since you know the seventies and sixties, even before that. Um, but listen, anyway. I cannot confirm or deny speed option happened in practice because uh, I don't <laughs> want to lose my credential. And, and and let's not even start talking about the mesh point in the back. <laughs> we don't want to go there. 
reinventing the wheel. My point is, my point is, um, injury reports. The best injury report, honestly, low-key, and I, I was talking on the board with somebody about this earlier, like low-key, the, the biggest, um, like everybody wants nuggets. The pregame two-minute drill that we do over at VolQuest, we drop nuggets all the time there. That is low-key one of the best features we do. So you don't buy an injury report, you can find some there. But for Tennessee injury-related, a pretty healthy football team, right? I mean, Cooper May is not going to play today. Um, so, so that's obviously a, an opportunity. Ollie Lane at center and some of that interior guys in the offensive line. But we've known that. Um, Elijah Simmons not going to play today. Sucks for him because it felt like he was really coming along. Um, he's going to be out. Of, he's going to be out a minute. Okay. And then we'll see about Kamal Haddon. I said earlier in the podcast, you know, he got banged up pretty pretty good a couple weeks ago at practice. And, um, you know, it might be a situation where he dresses out, um, but he doesn't play. You know, really need to get him healthy for, you know, the, the first big one, which is Florida. Uh, maybe he plays that they absolutely need him. But, Grant, with Gabe Judy Lolly, with, with other guys in that room, Brandon Turnage, I mean, Warren Burrell, these freshmen, uh, hopefully you don't need to even, you know, dress Kamal Haddon and just let him, you know, recoup and get, get better as the, the weeks go on. Yeah, I think you should be able to get by without your best guys here. I think my level of concern for those guys, if I'm if I'm ranking them, would be Elijah Simmons and then Cooper Mays and then Kamal Haddon or Kamal Haddon and then Cooper Mays, kind of 2A, 2B, whatever. Um, I think Elijah is the guy that I think you need more. I mean, obviously you need Cooper, but I'm just not that concerned about Cooper Mays. I think he'll be back, and I think he'll play well this season. With Elijah, you need that guy. You need somebody – you need that depth up front, that defensive tackle. And if he's going to be out for a minute, that's rough for him because, you know, like we had talked about earlier in camp, the number change and all this stuff, and he's trying to kind of reinvent himself. And Rodney was kind of pushing toward him, reinventing himself. So hopefully he gets back sooner rather than later. And then come on, I don't think there's a ton of concern there, at least not that I know of. Uh, so, yeah, if you, if you can get by without your best guys in this one, get by without your best guys. Let's put it this way. Elijah Simmons can't play today. Cooper Mays can't play today. Kamal Haddon can play. I just right. don't think that he'll play or play very much. So, um, outside of those three, Grant, uh, again, there's probably somebody I'm missing, and we'll see in pregame and all that, maybe the two-minute drill. I think Tennessee's a pretty, pretty healthy football team. Yeah, this is your opportunity to say I'll know later in the uh, I'll know later in the day. I'll I'll know later in the week as we get closer to kickoff. I'll know later I'll know later in the day as we get closer to kickoff. Even though we're not going to record another podcast before kickoff, <laughs> so there's never gonna I'm never gonna have to answer to that uh, statement. So I'll know more later in the day. For Virginia, we mentioned Chico Bennett, huge loss for Virginia. Um, you put out uh, you know what what Tony Elliott said earlier in the week in one of his press conferences. A couple of other guys um, as well, a, a member of the starting secondary um, out, and, and you know a couple of those guys' game-time decisions as well. Yeah, Tony Elliott kind of went through a long list of almost like a laundry list of guys that are that are out or questionable or guys. Isn't that who, wild? Well, because we never get any of that at Tennessee. Never, right, and, and they really only asked, I think, about Chico, and then he kind of rattled off just a bunch of other names of guys. Kind of, I guess maybe some of them are long-term and, and not really in question, but it does feel like or it doesn't sound like at least – I didn't follow Virginia's training camp, but it feels like Virginia's training camp, the injury bug bit them a little bit more than it bit Tennessee. So, um, I don't know. Cooper Mays, that's, that's, when's he going to be back? Elijah, when he's going to be back? Those, those are the biggest questions for Tennessee. I feel like outside of that, balls are pretty healthy. Cody Elliott, Danny White, handshake at midfield pregame? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I would be very interested to hear any conversations that Josh Heupel has with Tony Ella. Where Tony, is Tony going to be like, what's, what's going on with that stuff on Twitter? If they do, are you going to write a story about it? They just completely, hey, if they were mic'd up and I got the quote, you guarantee I'd write a story <laughs> about it. Come on. 
All right, last thing, man. Um, I did this two years ago with Ben, did it last year. And, and, and mind you, if, you, if you've been with us this entire time, me and Grant are going to do this every single week. Should have said this at the top. I apologize. But we're going to have VFLs on throughout the week. It's not going to be an every week thing like last year, but uh, Jabari Davis has already told me that, hey, he's going to come on for the Florida week. And, you know, TK, Jack Jones, and some of these other guys, Spencer Riley, um, I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, Jay Graham, a lot of these guys that we've used before are going to come back on the podcast from week to week. So look forward to that. Uh, but I did this two years ago, did this last year. Grant, give me a score prediction and give me a bowl prediction. Okay, so Tennessee wins or loses by this or whatever, but also give me a bowl prediction for what's going to happen, Tennessee, Virginia. Uh, score, I think. Can I go with the same score I put in our, our staff picks uh, on VolQuest.com or no? Go for it. Do I need to mix it up. I think I did 56 to 13, if that's right. I don't know. I did it like two hours ago, and I've already forgot about it. So if that, what's what's that say about me? Bold prediction, uh, squirrel white, uh, 100-plus, and two touchdowns. I just love squirrel. I love his top-end speed. Uh, I love the way, you know, Josh Hopple attacks vertically so much. Uh, he has an insane knack for getting guys open down the field um, with squirrel speed. With what Maybe that's recency bias with that uh, Missouri Joe Milton bomb to, to squirrel white and, and what we saw in the Orange Bowl. And I don't know. I just feel like squirrel's a guy that – uh, he's got the talent, he's got the skill, he's got the opportunity. We'll see him go off. And that's no disrespect to Dante Thornton or Brewer McCoy or Ramel Keaton. I think they're all going to get theirs, but I want to see Squirrel go off. See, I thought you were going to say Aaron Beasley, 10 tackles, two interceptions. Well, that's another thing. Plug our staff predictions. Uh, I, I I just went down the list and I just kept typing out Aaron Beasley. I didn't really mean to. It just kind of happened. At the end, the, like one of the last things you put, you're like, I did not, Aaron Beasley. I did not anticipate writing Aaron Beasley this much today, but here we are. Yeah, I didn't expect to be an Aaron Beasley stand, but there I sat in, in my Aaron Beasley pajamas with my Aaron Beasley poster <laughs> on my wall <laughs> predicting t- that he was going to lead the Tennessee defense in everything. Yeah, yeah, literally. All right, give me Tennessee 47-17. All right, that's a 30-point dub. I think everybody will take that for sure. Um, give me give me a non-offensive touchdown. So I'm not being too bold in calling my shot. I, I want to say Cam Seldon, the kick return for a touchdown, but – Game one, that would be I delicious. think he's going to be the deep man, but I, I'm still we haven't seen it yet, so I'll hold off on that. But a, I, Tennessee will score a non-offensive touchdown, so scoop and score, pick six, special teams, block, you know, block punt, scoop and you know whatever. Um, I say that's going to happen today in week number one. D Williams, D Williams, he can be the fart in the skillet. He's back in Nashville. He's going to take another punt back, and he can fake a hamstring injury on the other leg when he celebrates. His- <laughs> that's right. He's back. He's back in the city where where, where it went pretty well last time. So right. hey, Joe Milton started that game as well. So and, and this stadium, even, this stadium even has stands all the way around it. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> there you go. This stadium, even though it's not very good, can hold. A little bit more than twenty eight thousand fans for uh for, for the season here and, and the jumbotron's not being held up by two cranes. I mean, shout out to the people who hung up that jumbotron. I can barely hang a TV on my wall. That's stressful <laughs> enough for me. I can't imagine trying to coordinate two cranes and then you gotta hook the thing up and make it work. So shout out yeah. to those guys. They're smarter than me. He is Grant Ramey. I am Eric Kane. This has been Game Quest, a Vol Quest game day podcast every single game day morning or the night before. Right here at VolQuest.com, Tennessee and Virginia, noon Eastern time. If you're in the mid-state, 11 a.m. local, uh, feels like you're back in Baton Rouge again, right? We'll see if it's the same outcome, but I think everybody's excited for the season opener, and there's no better place to stay updated in-game. We'll have a live thread going on. We'll have a bunch of stuff on the front page, uh, post-game video comments, columns, two-minute drills, mini-pods, 
17 articles from Grant, everything you can possibly want. It's involved. None of them worth the crap. None of them worth anything. So. Uh, don't sell it's, yourself short, man. It's Come straight on now. quantity over quality. That's the story of my life. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy game day, and uh, we'll be back right here on Game Quest next week. This is BallQuest.com. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.